Welcome back to Second Door on the Left, everyone. This is your host, Drew House. The season three premiere. Here we are. Happy to have you on board with me. Uh, got some things I need to discuss. First off, Halloween, the movie, 40 years later. Did it live up to the hype in my mind or not? Got to talk some Walking Dead. Uh, we're three episodes into the season nine uh, of the show already. I've been reading the comics. I'm on issue 42 of the comics, so a lot of cool stuff there. And then we're going to end with some picks and uh, preview the next episode or two for you. So let's get this thing started. Roll the intro. Yes, that's a cool intro. That's a cool intro. I don't know about the whole song. I've never listened to the whole song, but uh, as far as an intro goes, I'm digging it. And uh, that's something Josh picked early on in the show's run. Maybe the first episode. Heck, I don't remember. But uh, the Griswolds, the only ones I know are from the vacation movies. But I'm digging uh, the uh, lead into it because it kind of builds it up. And uh, and then when you start listening to the podcast, it's just this huge letdown. But (laughs) uh, happy as I'll get out to have you back with us. uh, Season 3 premiere, as mentioned. Uh, Let's get right into the Halloween movie, shall we? Okay, the Halloween movie, my wife and I went out to the Collierville Cinema uh, last Saturday night, would have been uh, opening Saturday night, and um, it was awesome. I mean, we got out there and um, got our uh, had our assigned seats, so we weren't so much worried about getting our seats, and uh, went to the bar, and I got me a little brew called, me Di- uh, called Diamond, it was a Diamond Bear Brewery, and the beer was called Double, no, Two-term double IPA. Jeez, that's a mouthful. And it was delicious. I sipped on that thing for uh, a good bit of the movie. The only one I had, I was driving. So, uh, man, it was awesome. It was a great beer. Um, the movie. You know, let me let me talk about these reclining seats for a minute at, at Carville. It is like you're going to this, you're going to a place, you're getting out of the house, and yet you, when you get there, it's like you're back at home. You have this awesome reclining seat uh, that you can just, you know, kick back, relax. It's the most comfortable thing ever. And on top of that, you can have a brew in there with you. You can have some food in there with you. We actually snuck some food in. We snuck some uh, Cheetos in. We snuck some M&M, peanut M&Ms in. And then we also snuck in some uh, caramel corn. Was it caramel corn? Yeah, It, it was delicious. It was delicious. I love that movie theater. It's it's uh it's the best around. So, uh, as for the movie, okay. Now I want to be kind of spoiler free on this. I do. I, I want to be spoiler free because I don't want to ruin the experience for anyone who may ha- not have had the opportunity to check it out yet for you know whatever reason. Okay, just know that in this guy's opinion. The movie succeeded on many levels. Many levels. It succeeded. I have to give uh, David uh, uh, David Gordon Green, the director, and uh, Danny McBride, the co-writer with David Gordon Green. I have to give them a lot of credit because they are huge fans of the series, of the Halloween series, and it shows in this movie. They pay homage uh, a lot through the whole for, from the whole series. They pay homage uh, in their movie to the sh- uh, movies before. Um, it is a it is a direct to the original sequel, but they still are able to throw in a bunch of things that if you are a big fan of the entire series, 
that you would be able to pick up on and appreciate. I thought it was very well done, high quality production. Uh, a lot of the shots and the way that the camera moved, uh, just a, a big influence from John Carpenter, obviously. Um, but they did a lot of things on their own. I mean, they did a lot of new things, uh, new inventive ways to uh, get a rile out of you because um, a lot of time, a lot of things have been done to death in regards to the slasher film genre. We all know this, but they were able to to keep it fresh to to you know try new things, and uh, it was really good. The placement of the music was spot on, just like in the original. And uh, man, I, I couldn't recommend this movie anymore. I mean, it's Halloween time, and uh, just makes sense. You should go see Halloween H four O, as I'm calling it. Halloween forty years later. Um, great movie. Jamie Lee Curtis did a great job. Uh, the The girl that played her granddaughter in it did a great job. Uh, just a, a well acted movie. Uh, it was it was scary at parts. It was uh, suspenseful at parts. It was violent at parts. And I will tell you this, compared to the original, which didn't hardly have any blood and not that much violence in it to begin with, this one kicks up the violence by about five times the amount, okay? All right, there's more violence, there's more gore, um, but it's it's very well done. It's tasteful. It's just not like, oh, look what we can do with all the blood and the way we're killing people. It's well done. It adds to the story. It drives the story forward. And uh, got to give those guys a lot of credit. Um, on top of being a little scary and a little suspenseful and a little gory and violent, it has some funny moments. And you can tell, I couldn't help but thinking of Danny McBride when these moments came because they were hilarious. And if you don't know who Danny McBride is, you should definitely look him up. Him and David Gordon Green have been buddies for a long time. They've done a lot of things, a lot of shows, uh, Eastbound and Down being one, um, Vice Principals being another. They've been involved with a lot of movies. They were on, they did Pineapple Express together. Um, so yeah, you should check out their, their history of movies and, you can. I just love the fact that they put those comedic elements into the movie because for me it helped make for just that much more of an entertaining, entertaining experience. Uh, great movie. I recommend it. Uh, I am going to be spoiler free. I am going to be spoiler free now. If if um, if come to find out we have a lot of listeners that you know went to the movie and and then we can maybe dive back into this movie uh very much in the same way we did Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom back in season 1 I'm I'm down for that um I'm 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 so down so um I highly recommend this movie I highly recommend going to see it in theaters and um they did it justice they did it right man I I'm very happy as in regards to the ending I know you're probably thinking well how did it end I'm not going to tell you how it ended I'm not going to tell you how it ended. I will just say that um, I had a good feeling leaving the theater. I enjoyed it a lot and uh, just a great job to the movie. I, I wish I knew how much money it had made opening weekend, but I don't have that information in front of me. Um, but I'm sure it did very well. So uh, I'm sure they will be tempted to do a sequel. Um, but I will say this. 
they can be they, they'll probably be tempted to do a sequel, but if they decide not to, just know that the movie could stand as a just by itself in conjunction with the original, and 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 it would be fine. It would be totally fine in my mind. So, um, go see Halloween. It's Halloween time. It only it only seems right to me. All right. So, moving on to The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. If you don't watch The Walking Dead, then you know just just skip ahead however many minutes until you don't hear me talking about The Walking Dead anymore. The Walking Dead is doing a great job in this uh, beginning of season nine. They're doing a great job. The the feel of the show is completely different. They've jumped ahead a year and a half from season the end of season eight. Um, the character dynamics are, are there. Man, they are really focusing in on the characters that we really have grown um, to be, uh, you know, have a relationship with. The ones that we really care about. The ones like Rick, Michonne, Carol, Daryl, Aaron, um, Enid even. I mean, great scene with Enid and Aaron and Rick. Um Ezekiel. I mean, there's the the one the the main ones they're really focusing in on. It doesn't feel like the saviors are running the show, but the saviors are very much still going on in the show. Um, it, I think they're doing a great job with the writing. I, I'm super psyched to see what the next two episodes bring because uh, Chris Hardwick on Talking Dead already announced that this is it. This is it for Andrew Lincoln. As Rick Grimes. He has two more episodes left. So that'll be five episodes in season nine. And then he's gone. Uh, Don't know how he's going to check out yet. But the fact that they've just put it out there like that. And now they've narrowed it down to the episode with which he will be gone after. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's genius, in my opinion. It's genius. Because this show is going to kill people off. It's going to kill people off, and you can deal or, or, or no deal. And, you know, you can watch or not watch. And uh, I did read that the series is at a ratings low, but the, the creators are not worried. And I don't think AMC is that worried. I think they're going to stick with what they have going on. I think they're very confident in this new showrunner, Angela Kang. I, I believe they're very confident, and uh, they feel good about the story that they have in front of them. So, looking forward to the next two episodes uh, and seeing Andrew Lincoln depart. This dude is an, is an amazing actor. He is Rick Grimes, and um, man, it's going to be very interesting to see how they 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 get him out of there. Um, very well, could die. Not a given that he'll die, but I'm pretty. It, it seems almost uh, a given that he will die at some in some capacity but it remains to be seen so still two more episodes left and we'll find out how that goes um i want to do a little sidebar with the walking dead because i've read i've started reading the comics i started reading the comics and i'm hooked i've read 42 issues and uh in just a little under a week uh, reading them at night before I go to bed, staying up all hours of the night because I can't stop reading it. I found a website online, as my brother Josh, as he mentioned, that it is out there, 
And uh, man, I'm on board. And it's just crazy to see, really with the first issue, it's crazy to see the direction the show took instead of what the, of what the direction that the comic took. And that just continues onward. I mean, the differences in the show and the comics are far too many to list here with you. So just take my word for it. Separate entities, same, same somewhat plot line, but yet they still mix the plot up a little bit and change things around. And uh, But the characters, man, the characters from the show and the comic a lot, of them, a lot of them are very different, and a lot of their fates are different. Their interactions are different. It's just crazy to see that um, a character like, you know, who's this, I don't know, Andrea, I guess. Andrea uh, is with Dale in the comics early on. It's, <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, they did hint at it a little bit, but it, there was never in the show, but it, there was never that, you know, that chemistry that way it was more like a father-daughter type deal at best in the show uh now dale did get killed off early in season two but he's still very much alive to this point um in the comics but where i'm at in the comics um the governor is on the way to the prison after uh rick glenn and michonne you know, get busted out of Woodbury by Martinez, who Martinez ended up being a double crosser and was just trying to uh, get info on the prison and then go back to Woodbury and bring, you know, people back with him. Rick hunts him down, kills him. But, um, man, the, the scenes in the comic with the governor and Michonne is just some next level stuff. Next level, I, you know, you may or may not know what happens. I'm not going to go into it here, but uh, if you are a Walking Dead fan, if you are a fan of the show and you have not read the comics, don't be like me and waste a second longer uh, worrying about if you're going to get spoiled from the show. If you're any spoiler alerts, no, it's totally different, dude, and dude, it it's totally different. You can. Read the comics. You can watch the show and be on different timelines. I mean, I'm, if I can handle it, if I can manage it in my brain, then I know you can. And it only adds to the uh, awesomeness that is The Walking Dead. It only adds to it that uh, the creation of The Walking Dead. Comics, show, doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is you're in the world and uh, it's worth the time, man. The comics are just next level stuff they're awesome and uh a lot of stuff in the comics that they they couldn't put in the show so that's why they had to kind of redirect a lot of things but man if you have a tough stomach read the comics read the comics uh couldn't recommend the comics more and watch the show all right they know what they're doing uh i think the show is in good hands even with uh rick grimes leaving because as Josh mentioned, there is a much bigger world outside of Rick Grimes. And uh, he's right. I haven't gotten really to that point in the comics yet. But, I mean, Rick is by far the main character still in the comics. He's the main character. There's no doubt about that. But so many other things going on. So many other things I haven't even gotten to that they're starting to develop. 
And um, some things I know are coming because I'm behind uh, in the timeline in the comics. Uh, some things I know are coming. Some things, you know, I could be mistaken on that are coming because of the way the show differentiates itself from the comics. So it's a very interesting read. Um, and it actually adds to the fun that the fact that I've seen the show and I'm so far ahead from where I, uh, in the show from where I am in the comics. It makes for a lot of good reading. And, uh, man, Robert Kirkman and uh, your team, just kudos. And uh, The Walking Dead, love it. I'm a huge fan. And, uh, man, they're, they're, do, I mean, they're going to keep doing the thing on the show. Just have no fear. Keep watching. I know there's a lot of watchers out there, uh, watchers of the walkers. So let's just keep it going, okay? Walking Dead, here, here. Um, man, good stuff. All right, let's get into some. Uh, let's get into some picks, shall we? I did not get my picks in last week because we were in the middle of the seasons, and uh, that was my bye week. That was my bye week. So um, do a little catch up. Mississippi State had a big win against Auburn. Very impressive win, and then. We go to LSU last week, and uh, man, the offense just couldn't do a damn thing. Couldn't do a thing. Uh, people are calling for Nick Fitzgerald to be benched. People are calling for Joe Moorhead, the coach, to bench him and put in the backup because Fitzgerald, you know, he's he he's struggling. He is struggling with the pass game, and when you do that in a league as good as the SEC. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to be successful. You can only run, just run on so many teams. And then the other teams are just going to shut the run down. And what are you going to be left with? You're going to be left with throwing four interceptions, which is what he did against LSU. So they have another big game against Texas A&M at home. And to this point, uh, we're playing for the best bowl game we can get and to play spoiler. And I think this is an awesome opportunity Back at home, back in Starkville in front of the home crowd with the cowbells ringing. Um, I, I believe this is a great opportunity to take down a Texas A&M team who, are, who people are still considering a very good squad. Uh, I believe they're 15th in the country. So let's take it to them, Mississippi State. Find a way to be creative with the football in the air on offense. And let's, let's, let's grind out a win. I have Mississippi State... Winning this game at home is the main reason I'm going with them uh, over the Texas A&M Aggies. Next game we have is Vanderbilt at Arkansas. Um, Both teams are having down years, and uh, I wanted to pull the trigger on Arkansas at home, but I have to go with Vanderbilt. I have to go with Vanderbilt. I've seen some some of their potential they were close to pulling out the upset over Florida. Didn't happen. Florida ran away with it at the end. But I think they have some talent. And, uh, man, I, this could be the game Arkansas, you know, notches in the win column. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm going to go with Vanderbilt in this game over Arkansas. Florida and Georgia. 6-1 and one Gators versus the 6-1 and one Bulldogs. Uh, this game will pretty much decide the East, the uh, SEC East. Give me Georgia. I have to go with Georgia at home. Uh, it could be a very close game, but I'm going to go with the Bulldogs to uh, take a bite out of the Gators uh, this go around. Kentucky at Missouri. 
Give me Kentucky. I don't know how Missouri is a seven and a half point favorite at the uh, time of the this recording of this podcast. It's Thursday morning, uh, and I think I saw they were about a seven and a half point favorite. And uh, Kentucky's record is way better. I, maybe Missouri's starting to put it together, but uh, that spread does kind of irk me a little bit. Like they know something I don't know, but I'm have, I'm going to go with Kentucky in this game. Um, and then the last SEC game is Tennessee at South Carolina. Tennessee had a big, big win against Auburn. Um, and then Auburn, after losing to Mississippi State and Tennessee, beat Ole Miss. Thank you, Auburn. Um, I wanted to pick the balls in this one, but I'm not going to. Give me the Gamecocks over the balls in a close one. And uh, that is the SEC right there. Only five games. So, uh, I guess Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU, and uh, who would be the Auburn all have buys. So I know for a fact LSU and uh, Alabama, they always have a buy leading up to their uh, showdown against each other. So that will be next week. And then Ole Miss and Auburn uh, apparently are taking a bye week as well after their head-to-head matchup this past weekend. So uh, only five games in the SEC, and uh, there they are. Give me Mississippi State, give me Vanderbilt, give me Georgia, give me Kentucky, and give me the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, on to the NFL. Tonight, Thursday night football, we have the Dolphins visiting the Texans. Texans looked very impressive, or are the Jaguars just not what they were? I think it's a combination of both. I like the Texans at home over the Dolphins. Give me them in that game. The London game, Sunday morning. I love London game. I love London games. I love London games. Um, it does. It, <laughs> I know that I, I should be going uh, to church regularly. And I have been. I have been for the most part. These London games throw a wrench in that. I'm just telling you. I mean, 8.30 a.m. kickoff. You start the NFL off. Uh, it, it, it's crazy that you have you have games you have a game at eight thirty you have games at twelve you have games at three thirty you have the Sunday night game uh, all day when they play in London so this was very close to being the Super Bowl last year Eagles Jaguars Eagles Jaguars the Jaguars are a shell of themselves last year much could be said about the Eagles as well um, give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. I think the Jaguars have a lot of disarray going on. I did not like Jalen Ramsey's interview, the things he had to say. Not so much Jalen Ramsey by any means. I think Jalen Ramsey is a heck of a football player. Um, But the fact that you could just tell in his interview that uh, the team is not where it was last year by any means. Uh, They're not gelling like they were. There's disarray in the locker room with the coaches. I mean, he he said a lot by not saying much. So give me the Eagles in this game. Uh, Next game, Jets at Bears. Uh, The Bears have come back to earth a little bit. Uh, I like them over the Jets, though. I like them over the Jets at home. Uh, Give me the Bears. Buccaneers at Bengals, another team that's come back to earth. The Buccaneers. Um, Uh... I need. I, I'm going to take the Bengals in that game. The Bengals got absolutely thrashed by Kansas City, but I'm telling you this: Kansas City is legit. 
Kansas City is legit. Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. And um, I remember reading that the Saints, Sean Payton, went on record saying that if, I believe uh, the year he was drafted uh, last year, he was picked 11. I think the Chiefs moved up to the 11th spot and got him. The Saints picked 14. Sean Payton has gone on record in saying that, um, or was he drafted this year? I don't remember. Um, yeah, he could be a rookie, but uh, Sean Payton went on record saying that if he was there three spots later when the Saints picked, they would have been hard-pressed not to pick him and go ahead and snag him and make him the successor to Drew Brees. Very glad that didn't happen. Very glad that didn't happen because uh, I love watching this kid play, for one, and two, I mean, the Saints needed to, to do other things. They actually went after Marcus Davenport, defensive lineman who has had a pretty good year so far in limited action. Um, but yeah, uh, very interesting. That just tells me all I need to know about one Patrick Mahomes, Sean Payton thinking that highly of him to take him in the first round when you have a quarterback already in place and, uh, you really need to put pieces around him to win now. But, um, the Bengals did get – they got thrashed by the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are legit. Give me the Bengals in this game against the Bucks at home. Next game, Seahawks-Lions. Uh, the Lions did look impressive. The Lions put it to the Dolphins. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are, are a real threat, though. Uh, but at the same time, Seattle – Seattle is going to be tough to go in there and, and win this game with the way their team is, their injuries on defense in particular. I think Matthew Stafford could have another big game in a in, in, in what is very much a shell of uh, the Seahawks team, a shell of what they were, what they've been known to, to be these last several years. So give me the Lions of that game in a close one. Uh, Broncos at Chiefs. Broncos are going to bring what they have. This could very well be the Broncos' Super Bowl in a, in a sense, and they're going to they're going to bring everything they can to Kansas City. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think Andy Reid's going to have the uh, the game plan to work around you know Von Miller and uh, that pass rush, and uh, they'll do enough on defense to keep the Broncos' offense at bay. I like the Chiefs in this game to keep rolling. Uh, Redskins at Giants, man, talk about a, uh, a dumpster fire in the Giants. Uh, they're unloading players. Uh, they're one in six. And uh, the Saints actually acquired uh, Eli Apple for a couple you know, mid-round draft picks to go uh, in their secondary cornerback. So I'm excited about that. Um, I just don't. I don't see the Giants playing uh, up in this game. I, I just don't see them rallying around what's going on in the locker room, what's going on in the front office. And I like the Redskins in this game over the Giants. Next game, we have the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, they are playing for the second time. They played Week One. It ended in a tie. And uh, I think the Steelers are going to thrash the Browns this time around. They have them at home. And uh, the Browns definitely left them off, let them off the hook week one. The Steelers will not repay the favor. I think the Steelers will blow the Browns away in this game. Um, Ravens at Panthers, very good game here. The Saints coming off a tough road win uh, in Baltimore. I think the Ravens will be ready to get some revenge. But uh, And as much as I would love to pick the Ravens, I have to go with the Panthers. 
I think the Panthers are going to do just enough at home, and uh, they will continue their winning ways, which will put pressure on the Saints uh, to win, to stay in the uh, outright lead in the NFC South. Give me the Panthers over the Ravens. Colts at Raiders. I think I've picked the Raiders almost every game this year. Every game this year, I think I picked the Raiders. And I know right now, if I if I don't do it, they're going to win probably. But I have to pick the Colts. The Raiders are another team. There's disarray in the locker room. Players questioning front office tactics. John Gruden's tactics unloading players. Amari Cooper being the latest one they unloaded to the uh, Cowboys. Um, they did get a first-round pick. They do have three first-round picks uh, where we are right now for 2019. Incredible. Um, so they were, they, they're obviously building for the future, uh, but unloading some studs. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is going to do some good things for this Cowboys offense um, and for Dak Prescott in particular, but they will need to get on the same page in a hurry uh, to to get their timing down, but the, the NFC East is wide open. The NFC East is wide open. I think Amari Cooper is going to be a great addition to the Cowboys. Um, but in regards to the Colts Raiders, I, I have to pick the Colts over the Raiders. Uh, Packers at Rams the next game. I, I don't see the Packers beating the Rams. I, I just don't. It could happen, but the Rams are the only undefeated team left, and uh, I think they're going to continue that this week. Now, next week when they play in the Superdome, that might be a different story. That might be the week. But uh, as for this week, at home against Green Bay, give me the Rams. 49ers at Cardinals, probably the worst game of the year so far. Two one-win teams going against each other. Give me the home team. Give me the Cardinals in that one. Going to skip over the Sunday night game just for a moment. Uh, and go to the Monday night game. Patriots at Bills. No way the Bills win this game. No way. Uh, They're not going to pull off another major upset like they did against Minnesota. I think they've gotten their major upset out of the way for the year, and the Patriots will take care of business. Uh, Give me the Patriots in that game. And then the big one. This game actually kind of just – I could sit here and think about this game and uh, all day. And not do anything, not get anything accomplished and think about what could possibly go down in this game. We have a rematch of the NFC Divisional playoff game from uh, last season. Saints at Vikings. Minnesota Miracle. You're never going to forget it. It'll never be forgotten. You know, the players can say what they want to say. But the fact of the matter is, I'm hearing good things from the locker room, the Saints locker room. Uh, Yeah, we're not going to forget the game. But it, it doesn't matter. There's nothing we can do about it now except go out, put our best effort on the field Sunday night, uh, control what they can control, and go in there and beat a good Minnesota team at home. Minnesota will be ready. That crowd will be ready. And my boys will be ready too. I like my Saints to go in there and get a little bit of little bit of revenge from the last, from the last time the Saints-Vikings met. Never be able to get full revenge after that one being that it was a playoff game, but this will go a long way. This will be another tough test for the Saints. Um, went on the week last week to Baltimore, this week on the road in Minnesota. The Saints, according to ESPN, have the number one toughest 
schedule remaining in the NFL, and uh, it's showing. Last week, Baltimore on the road. This week, Minnesota on the road. Next week, the undefeated Rams at home. Week after that, I believe it's the Bengals, and then the Falcons again. So they have their work cut out for them, but I think this team is tested. I think that uh, what happened what happened last season is helping to define this team this season. I don't. I, that's my honest opinion. They know what it takes. They know what they have to do, and uh, man, I like the Saints to go in there and uh, and take care of business. If they don't win this game, it's not the end of the world. But as I mentioned, the Panthers, I have them picked to win. Um, they have to. The Saints need to win to keep pace and keep that one-game lead over the Panthers in the NFC South. So um, it's going to be an exciting game. Can't wait. Sunday night, uh, man, it's going to be a great time. And uh, give me Drew Brees and company to pull out the win, another tough win on the road. And, uh, man, it's going to be fun. Going to be a fun weekend of football, and um, you know Halloween is vastly approaching. Vastly approaching, fastly approaching. Yeah, go see Halloween if you haven't already. Watch some Walking Dead, or just start reading the comics. Get your feel that way, uh, and just you know enjoy this time of the year. Bundle up when you can, and keep an eye on the weather because if you don't bundle up with the way the weather's changing, you're going to get sick, and nobody wants to get sick. I'll tell you this, from a runner's standpoint, I hate the cold because it's a matter of me bundling up uh, before I go out and then I start sweating and stuff and I feel like I have a cold sweat going on and uh, I got to really take you know, take care of yourself this time of the year. It's been, it was a hot summer. It was a long, hot summer and um you know, here we are, it's fall, the weather has changed, so you need to you need to take care of yourself and acclimate yourself and pay attention to the weather and uh, overdress if need be, and we're going to get through it. Great time of the year. Uh, I will have to give a shout-out real quick to the Boston Red Sox, up two games to nothing over the Dodgers. Uh, don't really care, but uh, that was worth mentioning. Looks like the Red Sox are going to take another World Series back to Boston uh, an amazing fan base there, obviously. So good job to Boston, L.A. You got some work to do. Um, got some work to do. I think it goes back to L.A. now. And uh, the Dodgers have uh, – they need to get a couple wins in L.A. Or this thing's going to be over quick. So, uh, man, that's it. Season 3 premiere. Can't, uh, can't thank you all enough for listening. Uh, shout out Josh House. And uh, we're going to be back. We're going to have another episode laid down for you because tonight, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. This, this way we have to do it. Tonight, uh, we're going to have the self-proclaimed number one fan on the show again, Matt Harding. And we're going to talk about the desperate man himself, Eric Church. We're going to dive into the CD uh, that is titled Desperate Man. Each song, we're going to give our take on it. And we're just going to exp- <laughs> we're going to have a real bromance of an episode and just say exactly how we feel about one Eric Church and uh you know what he does for us as music listeners. Uh Matt and I are both huge fans of this guy. So looking forward to that. Uh, so we'll be back later tonight, but uh thanks again for listening. Uh, y'all have a great day, great week. Take care of each other and uh bundle up, man. Don't get sick. All right, and if you sneeze, sneeze into your elbow. All right, just don't get people sick.
Uh, <laughs> it's been second door on the left, STOTL. Follow us on all our social media platforms, like our Facebook page, uh, Instagram, and uh, leave us some feedback. And if you want to be a part of the show, man, just holler at us. Holler at Josh, holler at me, and uh, we'll get you on. We'll have a good time doing it, and uh, you'll be part of uh, the STOTL canon forever. Uh, that's going to do it. It's a wrap. I'm going to go run and bundle up. Well, bundle up and run. Y'all have a good one. God bless. Peace! Hey, man, turn that creepy-ass music off. It's Big Tommy. And I am sick and tired of SDOTL not talking about my Memphis Tigers. All right? I'm sick of it. I don't care if we did lose to Tulane or... Or a heartbreaker against Central Florida. Man, Central Florida, the number 10 team in the country. All right? And we took them to the brink. I don't care if we lost to Missouri Tigers. Man, yeah, man, Missouri cheated. All right? We can take on the SEC any day, anytime except for last Saturday because they cheated. We don't play cheaters. We are the cheaters. Well, I mean, we... We beat Alabama. Well, South Alabama, we beat them. What's the, what's the difference? Man, do one more podcast, Drew, without me on here, and we're going to have problems. Uh, You are on here, Tommy. Oh! Well, in that case, thanks for having me on the show, man. Yeah, um... We're we're out of here. Sorry about this. Hey, hey, don't don't turn me off.